Ephesians chapter 2, I can hear my pastor as a, as a kid. His name was Kim Nelson, and he would say, Ephesians. I don't know why he would say it that way. But in honor of Kim, we're going to pour one out for Kim. Ephesians chapter 2. I mean, he's still alive, but you know, <laughs> that sounded dark. I'm like, <laughs> okay, moving, moving, moving. Ephesians chapter 2 verse one, as for you, this is, this is who you are. Now, let me just see in the house where I'm preaching to the right people. Anybody a believer in Jesus? Make some noise. Can I see you? Okay. So now, th- this was you before. As for you, you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, well, it's a good but. This is one of the best buts in all of the Bible. B-U-T. Not B-U-T-T. B-U-T. Okay? But because of his great love for us, Think about this. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now notice he's going to say it again. It is by grace you've been saved, through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, the gift of God. There are many gifts that God gives his people, but the gift of God is grace. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Verse 8, it is the gift of God. Let me preach on that for just a couple of moments today. The gift of God. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that today you will illuminate the word and speak to us. I pray that no matter the season, circumstance that people are in, I pray that today the word would go forth and it would do something real in us, transformative in us. I pray that we would leave differently than we came in. I pray that even over the next days to come, that this word would continue to burn in our hearts, continuing to transform us from the inside out. Thank you for it. And I thank you for every amazing person in this room that you have a plan, a destiny for them. And you're going to speak right into their life today. In Jesus' name, the whole church said a loud amen. Amen. Thank you. Grace. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. There is nothing you can do to make God love you less. God loves you as much as he can. And just a little side note here, he loves you a lot. And he can a lot. This is from an amazing book called What's So Amazing About Grace by Philip Yancey. This this is where the believer lives. No no matter if I'm having a good day or bad day, good week or bad week, or frankly, a good season or a bad season, God loves me as much 
as he can. He doesn't love me according to my works. He doesn't love me according to my attitude. He does not love me according to my performance. He loves me based on the grace that he has poured out on me. Grace. Grace is unmerited favor. That's what grace is. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. It's grace. Grace is a generous gift from a superior to an inferior. That's grace. You just got to get this in your head because this is so different than, man, I need to go to church because I need to be a better person so that maybe God will like me or maybe then God will love me or maybe if I could start going to church, God will bless me. No, grace is unmerited, unearned, undeserved, and it is not one of the gifts of God. It is the gift of God to his people in which every other gift flows from. It is grace. Grace is not something you receive one time, but rather it is something that you keep growing in and receiving of. I want you to, I want you to picture this. It's, it's something you grow in. You grow in grace. How do, I, how do I know I'm growing in grace? It's easier to give grace. <laughs> how do I know I'm growing in grace? I'm receiving grace easier. How do I know I'm growing in grace? God is doing a work in my life. How do I know I'm growing in grace? I slept, I, I slept last night. I, I have peace. How do I know I'm growing in grace? I have joy. How do I know I'm growing in grace? I'm, it's easier for me to love people. I'm, this is something I grow in. I receive it in salvation, but then I grow in it and continue to receive it. And then here's how you know you're really maturing in grace. You're able to give it away. So you don't grow from grace. You grow in grace. You don't mature from grace. You mature in grace. Grace is not the ABCs of Christianity. Grace is the A to Z. It never goes away. It's never something you grow out of. It's something you can only grow into. Look at John chapter 1 verse 16. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Another translation says grace to grace. So God is, Jesus is full of grace. And now he gives us grace Upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, think of it like a, like a, a wave in the ocean. It's just wave after wave after wave. Whatever you need, there is grace for that. Now, if you don't have a need today, then this sermon is not for you. But if I'm preaching anyone with a need today, there's grace for that need. Because God meets us with the grace of salvation, and then he meets us with the grace of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then the grace of provision, and the grace of healing, and the grace of correction, and the grace of direction, and the grace of revelation from his word, and the grace of church community, and the grace of serving. It's grace after grace after grace. If there is an issue that you keep coming up against, the reason it keeps standing in your way is probably because you're trying to do it in your own strength when you can only do it by grace. See, in the Old Testament, there was grace, but it would run out. There would, there would be moments of grace, but then it would end. Noah found grace. His son did not. Lot found grace. 
Sodom and Gomorrah did not. David found grace, Saul did not. But now in this new covenant, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we are saved by grace, we now live by grace, we are empowered by grace, and it's not something that is there whenever we deserve it and then lifts whenever we don't deserve it. That would not be grace, that would be something entirely different. And in the Old Testament, again, there was grace for seasons, but then it would lift. But under the new covenant, there's just grace. What's after grace? Upon grace. What's after that grace? Upon more grace. What about at the end of that? More grace. All you're going to get as a Christian is grace. Even if God corrects you, even if God challenges you, even if God disciplines you, it's grace. To get you back walking in the fullness of what he has for you, grace. <laughs> so there was a measure of grace in the Old Testament, but now we live in a never-ending supply. See, when, when John the Baptist was commissioned by God, God said, you're going to know who the Messiah is. Because the Spirit of God is going to come upon him and remain. John chapter 1. This is a sign, a Signal a picture of the new covenant believer. The spirit of God comes upon you and he doesn't leave. I don't feel God. He's still there. I feel like I've walked away from God. He's still there. Because when the spirit of God comes upon the new covenant believer and Jesus is that ultimate picture or ultimate example, when the spirit of God comes upon you, he remains. Let me tell you why this is really good news. Because he remains even when I don't remain. Any honest Christians in here? Am I the only, am I the only one that has not remained at times? You're like, I don't know, pastor. Uh, he is faithful when I'm not faithful. He's consistent when I'm not consistent. His work is enough when my work is not enough. He remains I've been walking with God for 23 years, and there have been a lot of times that I have not remained. The only consistent thing about my walk with Jesus over 23 years is Jesus. Because it's grace. I've been inconsistent. I've had good days, bad days. I've had good years, bad years. I've had good months, bad months. I've had good seasons, bad seasons. I've even had those pastoring this church. Sit back there going, I got nothing to say. God, I think you've left me. God, I think you've departed. God, you've forgotten about me. And then I walk out here and I walk on the stage and boom, there's the Holy Spirit. And it's like, oh, wow, I got a word. Where did that come from? And y'all didn't know anything. You're like, he's so anointed. He really loves God. Grace. Grace. By the way, there's other times that I walk out of here going like, I got a word today. And then I get up here and... grace go home all mad these people don't even know what they got they don't even know that i'm anointed grace number one we're saved by grace it is by grace ephesians 2 8 it is by grace you've been saved 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 why, why do we need saving because god told adam and eve if you disobey you're gonna die well, they disobeyed and they didn't die. Why? Because this word death is an interesting word in the original languages. It literally means to be separated. 
The Bible says for a believer, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When, when you die here, you don't really die. Your body goes to sleep, but you are immediately in the presence of God. You're separated. You're separated from this realm. You go to that realm. And then one day at the resurrection of the dead, at the very end, we'll be united with our bodies again. That's going to be really cool. Different sermon. You're separated. Sin brings separation. Sin brings spiritual death. Sin will lead to the death of relationships. It will lead to the death of your character. It will lead uh, to the death of your walk with God. It, it separates. It doesn't ever, sin never unifies. Sin always separates, and it starts by separating with God. So Jesus came into the world, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. He came into the world. And he will save his people from their sins. This is the plan of God. This is the work of God. This is what Jesus wants to do in our life. We were dead in sin. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 said. We were dead. We weren't like good people who needed the addition of Jesus. We were dead. We weren't okay, but just needed to be better. We were dead. Dead. Oh, religion is a crutch for the weak. No, it's not a crutch. It's a stretcher for the dead. We were dead in our sins. Why, why is this important? Because if, if you think that you can add Jesus to your okay life, that's not salvation. It's moralism. It's religion. I'm doing my thing, but I like City Light because I like the music and Jabin's funny. And I get my little pick-me-up on Sundays. That's not transformation. That will never change your heart. You have to get to the point where you say, I was dead in my sin. I was spiritually dead. I was under the control of the spirit of this world. And the spirit of this world is not the Holy Spirit. Did you notice that Ephesians said that? Small s spirit. There is a spirit in this world. Some of y'all forget. I talk to religious people that the church is just as bad as the world. No, it's not. Where have you been? Have y'all been out there lately? I'm not judging anything, but you get out there for like three minutes. It's dark. Sexually, it's dark. Violence is dark. The addiction is dark. It is, it is dark. It is cutthroat. It is step on whoever I have to step on to get to where I want to get. It is dark out there. That is the spirit of this world. It is I want what I want and I will. I will destroy anybody, cancel anybody, hurt anybody to get what I want. That's the spirit of this world. And the apostle Paul says that's who we are before Christ. But now we've been saved. This word saved is a Greek word called sozo. And it literally means this. It means God rescuing believers from the penalty and power of sin into the provisions of God. You are saved from the penalty and the power of sin into God's provisions. This word saved literally means to be saved, safe, preserved, recovered, restored, healed, rescued, and protected. That's who you are in Jesus. In Jesus, you are safe, preserved, recovered, saved, restored, healed, 
rescued and protected. And notice there in the Greek language, all of that is past tense. It's already done. So you're not trying to, you're walking in what's already been done. You are walking in what Jesus said, it is finished. It's already done. And now I'm just walking in, a, I'm walking in a reality that I've been born into. So when Jesus would say things, like if you're ever reading the gospel, he says, be made whole or be healed or your faith has saved you. All of those phrases are the same Greek language and it's sozo. Because when God saves you, he saves every part of you, restores every part of you, will do a work in every part of you. We are saved by grace. And if, and if you are still trying to do this in your own strength, own righteousness, own works, that's not salvation. Good works are good. That's why they're called good. They just don't save you. Going to church is good. You should. If you're in town and you're not sick and there isn't a major family event going on in town, you should be in church on Sundays. Yes. Period. On period. <laughs> I don't care what you did last night. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how big Monday is. You should be in, well, it's raining. You should be in church. Rain isn't going to keep you from work on Monday. It shouldn't keep you from church on Sunday. Well, it's hot. That's Vegas. It's windy. It's always windy. You need to be in church. Unless you have COVID <laughs> or some whatever very contagious thing or whether you've got a, a pre-planned thing, if you're in town, you should be in church. Well, my kid's got a soccer game on Sunday morning. Then you need to come Sunday night. Well, they're usually asleep by 7. Well, then you need to choose your priorities. I thought we were talking about grace. We are. <laughs> but grace saves me into good works. But, but listen, but I don't trust in it. I got paid this week and I tithed. I didn't tithe because I'm afraid God's going to judge me. I tithed because I'm so grateful for what God's done in my life. Grace. I didn't, I didn't, we, we didn't do our food outreach yesterday and feed hundreds and hundreds of people because... We're, you know, kissing the ring of the mob boss? No. We're doing it because we're blessed to be a blessing. We love our city. We love our community. We love the people of our community. We want to help them. We, we don't do this and then put our faith in it. But because we have faith in Christ, it leads to good works. It leads to being salt and light to our community. It leads to being a blessing to our world. We're saved by grace. Number two... Now, we live by grace. We continue to live by grace. So you don't get saved by grace and then live by works. You get saved by grace and then you live by grace. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, and now, and now. So remember I, I asked who's a believer here? Woo! You know that group? <laughs> this is for you. And now, just as you accepted Jesus as your Lord, Continue to follow him. Follow him the same way you accepted him. Follow him the same way he saved you. Follow him the same way you received him. So here's the question. How did you accept him? You got to the point in your life, if you're a believer, you got to the point in your life where you knew you could not save yourself. You knew eternity was real. You knew by the working of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was Lord. 
you knew in a moment of the grace of God, your eyes were open to the reality of who God is and God's love for you. You believe that Jesus died for you. You believe that Jesus rose again for you. And you placed your faith in Christ. You accepted him. You received him. You gave your life to him. And it was complete and utter dependence on him. Now live that way. Now live that way. Don't start that way and then end in the flesh. Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Not you, he. Not you, he. So I start by grace and then I live by grace. I live every day utterly dependent. Not on what I bring to the table. <laughs> on what he brings to the table. I live by grace. Watch, grace does the heavy lifting. Grace does the heavy lifting. What, what do you, what, why do we say this little phrase, grace does the heavy lifting? What does that mean? It means that we know that in our life and in our salvation and in the goodness of God, it is completely and utterly dependent upon his grace towards us. We get to be a part of it, but we don't do the heavy lifting. Through, through COVID, we got really addicted to uh, Amazon, and you didn't know what I was going to say addicted to, but <laughs> marijuana. No, no. Uh, you were like, what is he going to say? We got addicted to Amazon and, you know, ordering stuff from Target and Walmart and bringing groceries to the house, you know, it starts coming to the house. Well, Goldie loves this. Our little four-year-old loves this. And when packages come to the house, she wants to go get them. She doesn't care what it is. She just wants to go outside and get them and bring them in. So she goes, Dad, let's go get the packages. I'll help. Okay. So I go to the door and I unlock it because she can't unlock it. She's not big enough and strong enough yet to do that. And we don't want her to anyway. But So I unlock it. I open the door. And I'll go grab this heavy package. And I'll pick it up. And then she'll just kind of like put her hand by it. <laughs> All right, come on, Dad. Let's go. Whoa, it's heavy, huh? And I'm basically protecting her from bumping her on the wall or on the door, and I get it in, and whew, it's good. I'm a lot of help, huh, Dad? I'm a lot of help. And, I, and then here's what I do. I get down, I go, thank you so much. You help me so much. You're such a good helper. I know, I know. Mom, just brought in the packages. Don't you do? And we thank her. And we appreciate her and we bless her for our provision. And then I'll start vacuuming around the house. And she'll go, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. So as I'm vacuuming, she'll just like put her finger on the vacuum. And I'll finish vacuuming. I'll put it in the closet. Mom, we vacuumed. And you know what we do? We grab her and we hug her and we thank her. You're such a good helper. Oh, my God, you did such a good job. Oh, you're so... Yeah, thanks, thanks, yes. Whew, that's a lot of work, huh, Dad? Huh, Dad? Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I 
I'm doing the heavy lifting. We, we just celebrated, last Wednesday, we celebrated our 15-year uh, wedding anniversary. Pretty big deal. Whatever. I know I talked about it last week. I'm talking about it at least getting two weeks out of this. And so I told Goldie, I said, we're going to go get mom a ring for her wedding anniversary. She doesn't even know what a wedding anniversary is. She goes, it's oh, a great idea. Let's get her a gold, because my name's Goldie and Gold. And I say, yeah, 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 let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, let's go do that. So we go down to the strip. We go down to the nice store. We pick out the ring. And I pay. I pay. And I write down my information. And I give the credit card. And, I, and the associate walks in with this little bag and hands it to Goldie. Goldie goes, thanks, thanks. It's for my mom. It's for our anniversary. I'm just watching. We're walking out of the store, and they got the little security guys there. Both security guards go, thank you to her. I'm like, who am I? I'm like, you're welcome. And we're walking through Crystal's Mall with this bag, you know. And I'm like guarding it with my life, you know, making sure. Goldie's just chilling. We get to the valet, and the guy goes, wow, he mentions the brand. She goes, yeah, it's for my, it's for my mom. I got it for my mom. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. You're so generous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We walk in the house. I hand it to Goldie. I say, go give it to Mama. Goldie runs up to Shannon. Happy anniversary! <laughs> and Shannon hugs her and kisses her and thanks her <gasps> Goldie, you're so sweet. How did you know this is what I wanted? Oh, yeah, I know. I just wanted it. It's gold, and I might it's Goldie. And it's like, oh, so cool. Now I got a hug too. Amen. Because Shannon knew, but <laughs> praise the Lord. That's for the marriage series. Amen. But we're going to keep moving right now. <laughs> My hug came later, but so I, I gave her. And Goldie got all this credit for what I did. Grace does the heavy lifting. So we reward Goldie by putting her in positions to be blessed and then we bless her for being a part of something that we decided to put her in. Grace does the heavy lifting. This is what grace, God rewards you for obeying him and having faith in him when you only had the faith in him because of the grace he gave you. Yeah. He puts you in the space where you basically can't fail and then he rewards you Here's what's going to happen. One day we're going to go to heaven. It's going to be a good day. And the Bible says when we get to heaven, God is going to reward us for our works. He's going to reward us for holding the Amazon package. He's going to reward us for holding the vacuum. 
He's going to reward me for the preaching and the teaching and the ministry that I've done. He's going to reward me. He's going to reward me. And here's what's going to happen. The Bible says this. We will stand around the throne of God. And when we get around the throne of God, here's what every person will do. They will take their crowns off. Because we'll finally get it. This was by grace. I didn't do anything for God. God did a lot for me. I didn't help God. God helped me. I didn't save God. God saved me. And on that day, every soul that I led to the kingdom of God, every person I preached to, every sermon I preached, every song I wrote, every time I was good to people, every time I gave, every, every offering I sowed into, all of that that God will reward, reward me for, on that day I'm going to take my crown off and I'm going to go, but God, you did the heavy lifting. And the Bible says we will cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus. Because on that day, we'll finally understand. This was grace. <laughs> this was grace. And this was grace alone. So the faith that I have, it's faith in his grace. The faith that I have is faith in his goodness. The faith that I have is, is faith in what he's done. Grace is God. Holding my hand. Faith is me holding God's hand. I think we might have a picture of me and Goldie. I don't, I don't know. This was at her, her little dance thing that a couple weeks back. And, and she's holding my hand. But I have to be so aware. She, she's not thinking about the cars. She's not thinking about the danger. She's not, she doesn't know where our car is. She doesn't have keys. She doesn't have resource. All she has to do is hold Grace's hand. That's all faith is. I'm a man of faith. I'm an awesome man of God. You ain't nothing, bro. I mean, I want to honor you. You're honorable. But here's just the four-year-old walking around. That's all I am. Oh, Jamin's a great man of God. I'm just a four-year-old walking around a parking garage. I don't know where I'm going. I just know whose hand to hold. And as long as I hold his hand, I know I'm safe. And as long as I hold his hand, I know there's going to be provision. And as long as I hold his hand, I know there's going to be safety. And as long as I hold his hand, I know because his grip on me is much more important than her grip. Grace makes, faith takes. Grace sets the table, faith eats. Grace sets the tempo, faith holds on. Grace pushes, faith rests. Grace. Is there an element of faith in this and obedience in this? Absolutely. 
It just isn't the heavy lifting. So I live by faith. I, I, I preach more on faith than anything in this church. But it's faith in him, not faith in me. It's faith in him, not faith in our works. It's faith in what he brings to the table, not in what we bring to the table. I live in that, and I rest in that, and I exhale in that. And out of that will be birthed generosity. Out of that will be birthed worship. Out of that will be birthed servanthood. Out of that will be birthed a love for your neighbor. Out of that will be birthed a love for your city. Out of that will be birthed a love for your spouse and for your children. But it's only because I was invited to a table that I can eat at that table. I'll end with this story. I, as a kid, I was about 10 years old. Okay, keys come up. I was about 10 years old and uh, I had a wealthier friend as a little 10-year-old, and we went to a fancy restaurant. Y'all ready? Olive Garden. <laughs> Turn up. Unlimited salad and breadsticks. I was in heaven, and the, my buddy's dad, his name was Gib. Gib said, hey, Jabin, order whatever you want. I'm just telling you right now, I had never been told those words in my life. I said, whatever. He said, whatever. So I got the tour of Italy. It was like 14 bucks probably, which was like $14 million to a 10-year-old from Belen, New Mexico. You had to drive an hour just to get to the Olive Garden and and the waiter comes around and the waiter looks at me and goes, what do you want to drink? And I went like this. I looked at Gib. Because I, I grew up in a water house. Y'all know about that? Can I get a witness? Parents ordered for you. You didn't know what you were getting. You got whatever they, and you got water. And I looked at Gib. He goes, whatever you want. I want, I want, a, I want a Dr. Pepper. I want a Dr. Pepper. Y'all got Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper? I said, yeah, yeah, you can have a Dr. Pepper. I said, okay, yeah, I want Dr. Pepper. This <laughs> is funny to think about. And I'm, and I'm 10 years old murdering this tour of Italy. 19 Dr. Peppers. Who knows how many? I don't know how many I had. 100 breadsticks. I'm like putting them in my pants and my jacket and saving them for later. All I had to do eat and you know what my appropriate response was at the end of that meal I went thanks Gib thanks for the dinner so you know what you know what my life is it's just thank you Jesus I don't walk around I'm a man of God I'm a I, I can't 
can't believe you let me come to this table. I can't believe you let me eat here. I can't believe you. Anything I want, anything. Anything I want. All of these promises. All of these promises are yes and amen. All All I got to do is eat. Just eat. Say thank you. Grace. That's grace. That's grace. Father, thank you for grace. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're reminded today that we're saved by grace, and we remind ourselves today that we're going to live by grace. In Jesus' name.